on the morning of Friday, October 7, 2022, a woman in Excelsior Springs, Missouri, was found half-crawling door-to-door asking for help. She said she had been kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and held against her will in a house nearby. A neighbor helped her and called the police. Timothy Hazlitt Jr. has been arrested, and his home is a crime scene. everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower and I am your host today. I am by myself. Miss Katie has COVID and she's getting better. She's doing okay, but she's definitely not up to talking on the air quite yet. So you'll have a little extra of me this week. Before I get started with today's episode, If you are a subscriber and you normally watch the Psychic Hour on Thursday nights and notice that it did not show up last Thursday, my extreme apologies. I don't know why it didn't show up. I recorded it. I scheduled it because I had to be at the witch's market in Katie's place because she couldn't be there. And I just realized this morning when I logged in to record this show that that it never ran. So my apologies. I did schedule it to run this afternoon, so you may see that. If not, it is marching orders, so it's certainly something that you can watch after the fact. And I'm so sorry. We had some kind of technology breakdown there. Uh, So I'm going to watch it this time and make sure that it does run. And uh, hopefully y'all will get to see it. So today is a special report. So there are no segments. It's just one topic because... This is a doozy, you guys. You've probably seen what's coming out of Excelsior Springs, Missouri. On Friday morning, last week, October 7th, a woman uh, was, she's been described as sort of half running, half crawling through a neighborhood, um, screaming for help, knocking on doors, trying to get assistance. A neighbor helped her, got her into their house and called the police. She was wearing some kind of a metal collar and had a rope that was tied around her neck. She clearly had been um, tied at the wrists and ankles. And she said that she had been being held captive, um, kidnapped and sexually assaulted for quite some time in a house across the street from the neighbor that she got help from. That house is the house of Timothy Hazlitt Jr. No one had any idea this woman was there. Uh, All of the neighbors that have spoken on the news said that uh, Hazlitt is very quiet. He keeps to himself. Nobody in the neighborhood really knows him. He's lived there quite a while. He also has an elementary school aged child. We don't know very little. We know very little about this child other than he was in the school drop off line at an elementary school, when this survivor escaped. Timothy Hazlitt Jr. has been arrested, and he has been charged with first-degree kidnapping, first-degree rape, and second-degree assault. When the police spoke to the survivor, she 
intimated that she was not the only one, but that she is the only one who made it. So there's a huge amount of speculation going on right now with the in Excelsior Springs. The police spent the entire weekend searching this house. Um, actually blocked off blocks of streets to keep people away. They're not saying very much, but here are a few things that we do know. They've taken away a huge amount of things from the home, including a vehicle and a blue barrel that was brought from the basement upstairs and placed in a crime scene forensic type tent. Um, people in the community are speculating that that may hold a body. There are many people who think that there might be someone buried in, on the property or kept in the basement. None of this has been confirmed by the police. Uh, this episode is coming out rather late because I waited. I was going to record it uh, on Sunday night and put it up. Today is Monday, about noon for me. And I've been waiting to see if there was any more update, but there just hasn't been. And I just feel like this is an important case and is going to have many more elements over time. And so we decided to just get out what I do have for now, and then we'll come back for more. But the implication here is, is that this person may be a serial killer. He may have been holding women in his basement for an unknown amount of time and what we do know about the victim, which is very little, which I'm glad because clearly she needs medical care, her family, you know, she has been missing since sometime in September. She is from the Kansas City metropolitan area in Missouri. She was taken to the hospital and reunited with her family. So she is safe and she is in, was in stable condition when they took her to the hospital and she is getting the help that she needs. Uh, which very happy about that, that she's safe. And I honestly hope that her name doesn't get released. I really hope it doesn't. She doesn't need um, to be continually traumatized over what she's been through here. But there is so much that we do not know about uh, how many women have been held there. Are their bodies on the property? We don't know. I've yet to even be able to figure out exactly what Timothy Hazlitt Jr. does for a living. Um, I do have a picture of him. This was his mugshot. We know he has an elementary school age child. There was a, um, a woman on TikTok who did a video um, about this, which is actually where I first saw about it that she was in the elementary school drop-off line at the same elementary school that this guy was when the victim, or the, not the victim, the survivor, when the survivor escaped. So people in this community are really shaken up. And now we're unsure about how many people, you know, this may have impacted. Are there more victims? Are they located in other places? We, we don't know. Um, they did bring a cadaver dog in to search the property. We don't know if the cadaver dog found anything because, of course, they're not saying yet. Um, there was a vehicle at the house that the police did tow away. 
And then, of course, the blue barrel that came out of the basement uh, and went into an evidence tent. And, of course, there's lots of speculation about that. The thing is, the only thing that we know for sure is that there is one victim. Um, it's potential that there are others. But this person is a survivor. She managed to get away. And um, the police were, did describe her as being emaciated, as though she had been um, being starved. You know, it's she was found on the 7th of October. She's been missing since sometime in September, but I don't know what date. So we don't know, you know, a few weeks, probably, that she was being held there. Um, they said in a statement, the, the police said in a statement on Saturday that there were numerous items in the residence that have to be sorted through and it is a slow, painstaking process. He also said additional charges could be forthcoming if evidence of additional crimes is uncovered. So we know they're looking. We know that that's what, um, you know, that they're aware of that potential, but we don't know yet. Uh what is true. And, you know, I'm always hesitant about rumors because I don't want to spread information that is not true. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's really important that we know what's happening here and that people in that community know, because we need to make sure that Timothy Hazlitt is kept off the street. Some articles I've read say um, that the survivor said that there were two other victims. Um, there's other statements that say that she said uh, there were others. My friends didn't make it. And I don't know what that means for sure. My friends didn't make it. But I thought uh, we would share a little bit of the press conference that was held last week, last weekend, over the weekend, um, so that you can um, kind of get a, a picture of what, what the police are saying. So give me one second and I'm going to share that so that we can listen. One second here. It's kind of weird when there's only one of us <laughs> uh, because that means that uh, there's no one to talk while someone else does the tech part. So I'm going to hit play on this. Um, Traffic flow in residence through this area. Start that over. Um, this crime scene is going to remain in place for multiple days. It is going to hinder traffic flow and residents through this area. Um, we have multiple agencies out here that are helping us. What's getting ready to happen is the Kansas City Crime Scene Unit, which has been great through this entire thing. They're going to wrap up what they've done for this evening. Uh, they'll be finishing that within the next hour or two. And then they will be coming back in the morning first thing and we'll be going at it again. So um, this is an ongoing, we continue to find more and more stuff. Um, the dog that was out here earlier that many of you saw, that's a cadaver dog. Um, we can't report. Okay, so that's a little bit um, from the police. 
uh, about what they're working on. They did bring the cadaver dog in. We don't know if the uh, cadaver dog found anything that has not been uh, shared with us at this point. But, you know, he said something that we just keep finding more and more stuff. Pretty good indication that there's a lot there. It's stunning to me that this can happen in a neighborhood and no one around know. And it's not blame. It's just when I was a kid, we knew our neighbors. We knew all our neighbors. We spoke to them. We'd been in their houses. They'd been in ours. Like now I couldn't tell you the names of any of my neighbors. I don't know. I know a couple of them well enough to wave or say hello, you know, but that's it. And, and to think that this kind of thing can be going on in a house next door to yours or across the street from yours and you don't know, it, it's wild. It's scary. A woman who lives through the block from him and can see into his backyard uh, said that he lived in the neighborhood before she did. And um, she's never had any contact with him. She once tried to say hello and speak to him. And he, what she said was he wasn't having any of that. He wouldn't respond to her, nothing. She said that um, his backyard is real junky and full of garbage and stuff. And that you hardly ever see him. The other thing I've not heard anyone mention is anything about a child. And we don't know for sure. Does the child live in the house? Does the child live somewhere else and he's taking them to school? There's a lot of stuff we don't know for sure. But the idea that there might be a child in the home when all of this is going on, also terrifying. And scary to think that that child must be really isolated if people in the community didn't know the kid. You know, because you know how kids are. You know, often you know your neighbor's kids much more than you know them because they come around and wander neighborhoods and talk to people and stuff. People in this community didn't know a thing about this guy other than he just really kept to himself and didn't talk to anybody, which might be a really big red flag. I don't know. How do you know if somebody's keeping someone captive in your base, in their basement? It's a valid question. It's certainly a reminder of how important it is for us to pay attention to what's going on in our communities and in our neighborhoods in case we can pick up on something like this, you know, in case we notice something. But it's pretty clear from lots of neighbors who've been interviewed on the news that they didn't have a clue. They had no idea about this guy, didn't know anything about him. And I just, I find that terrifying. It makes me want to go out and like get to know my neighbors a lot better <laughs> just to make sure that like this can't happen in uh, my community, but I I would say that I don't know that any of us could say it wouldn't happen in our communities because it, we know it has before, unfortunately. And, and now, maybe, you know, has certainly happened for this particular woman and possibly for others as well. So we know that this is just the very beginning of this story. There's much more to come and we will be following it closely and updating. But I wanted to get the basics out there to you. If you have been watching um, the Daybell Vallow case, you will know that there are some huge updates in that case. And that will be our next episode. 
we will be covering those and talking about what, what has happened there. So if you're wondering what the hell is going on with that case, so are we, but we do have some information to share. And so we'll be doing that. And then we'll be keeping an eye on this case and updating as more information comes out as well. I was really hoping there was going to be another press conference today before I recorded so that I could give you more information, but there hasn't been. So this is what I've got. We will be back uh, with new episodes for Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back live for the Wednesday night case update. And of course, the um, unaired psychic hour from last week is going to air this afternoon. Please just keep an eye out for it or go check for it because you'll have access to it. You really don't have to watch it live because it's a pre-recorded um, show. I did it um, before going to help with the, with the witch's market for Katie. So look look for that and know, um, you know, my apologies on that. I, I don't know what happened. Technology really failed me in that moment, but the show does exist. So you will get to see it. So stay tuned this week. We're going to be back with a lot of updates. There are many things happening in the true crime world right now that you're going to want to know about. So stay tuned. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment. Check out our Patreon over at patreon.com. We are True Crime Squad. We do two extra episodes a month for our patrons. Also, that's a way to access the Psychic Hour. You get the, the Psychic Hour with that as well. And uh, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Thank you.